0: Are you the next Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, or Deion Sanders? Do you have what it takes to become the next great talent? Whether you play baseball, basketball, football, or any other sport, you all at least have one thing in common, the need to be recognized. It doesn't matter if you're trying to get recruited to your dream school or striving to make it to the next level. I'mNextUSA.com is the platform for you. You have the power to create the life you want. How? Visit the web store on www.impower.com to find out more. That's i-em-power.com. You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio.
1: Welcome to the Huddle Up Podcast here on NGSCSports.com with Jim and Dave. It is Thursday, September the 7th, 2016, and we are glad to be bringing you the second edition of the show. We had a great uh, first show debut episode last week, and we're glad to be back this week. Not only talking college football, but the NFL returns tomorrow night. So we got uh, got a great show lined up for you. Just remind everyone about NGSCSports.com. Or we never stop. Visit the site for all the written content. There's a bunch of bonus coverage there. Check out all the shows across the NGSC Sports Radio Network by going to Spreaker, iHeartRadio, and the TuneIn Radio app, and search NGSC. You can podcast our show. Just search—I uh, think it's Huddle Up with Jim and Dave. I think is the uh, is what to search. If you have trouble finding it, uh, go to our Facebook page, facebookcom Podcast, or reach out to one of us. Uh, I am on Twitter at Big Jim Sports. He is at D 24 And and uh, we can help you out in getting subscribed to the show. That's a big important thing. We gotta, we gotta get this thing growing, folks. That's a very important part to the puzzle. So we are again glad to bring you here, and let's get in. Let's get Dave into the show here. Dave, welcome in, buddy. It is week number two.
2: Yeah, we didn't get kicked off the air after week one, so we must be doing something right.
1: Right, that's probably the most surprising part of this entire thing is that the, uh, the powers that be at NGSC Sports were like, hey guys, you did a good job. It wasn't like, uh, you know, that whole new show you guys are doing, maybe you should probably just not do it again. So that's probably the most surprising thing to come out of week one.
2: Oh, I mean, it's only because you kept me on mute for half the show, so I couldn't say everything that uh, I wanted to about your sports picks and everything else. So, Yeah. Uh, we're back for another week. Uh, definitely excited, We can, especially this week that the uh, NFL is back um, with this terrible, god-awful college slate. We at least have some type of competitive game to talk about. Right. Uh, I- so, again – I excited to talk NFL this week. Uh, we we struggled picking a college game because the slate is just that terrible. Um, but uh, I'll turn it back over to you. We'll give. Uh, I think we talked about giving some uh, impressions from the week one college games, and then uh, moving forward with our prediction.
1: Yeah, I'll talk. I'll talk a little bit about uh, week one. Is yeah, week two, as we will uh, we'll get to in a couple minutes, is not going to bring us a whole lot to talk about. Uh, and if you want to get involved in the action on the show, you can do that uh, again by tweeting me at Big Jim Sports. Or um, you can call into the show 401-347-0613 and use PIN 29312. Um, uh, impressions from week one, uh, you know, I think that there's going to be uh, around uh, w- with a lot of people, there's going to be a lot of overreaction. Uh, and And if you were following along on my Twitter page on Sunday night, Uh, You probably saw some of those as well. Uh, Notre Dame, of course, obviously the big one on my mind. Notre Dame, uh, you know, losing to Texas, and and um, you know, I'll be honest, I kind of underrated Texas. I I don't think I looked into them enough. Uh, I'm not trying to make excuses for it. I still think Notre Dame should have won that game. Um, I think their biggest problem was Brian Kelly's uh, decision to alternate quarterbacks. It was. Very evident very early on that, that Deshaun Kaiser was the better quarterback on the field, uh, and even into the beginning of the second half, Brian Kelly still made the choice to uh, alternate them uh, until ultimately giving the uh, giving the job to Kaiser and announcing today that Deshaun Kaiser is the starter moving forward. That is the right choice. Uh, another impression I'm not just saying because I'm a nerd named homer is look out for Texas. Uh, there was a lot of guys, uh, analysts going into the season. Some that I even saw said that they predicted. Texas to win the Big 12. I thought they were on crack, um, but that offense is for real. They have a lot of weapons to attack. They have a they have a great front seven, uh, and and if that team can really fill itself out, uh, I would not be surprised to see them compete for the Big 12. Uh, and 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 even if they win it, I would not be surprised. Um, really, my impressions beyond that, uh, Alabama's Alabama. They came out and they hammered USC. Uh, Nick Saban, you give that guy time to prepare. Uh, we talked about it last week. He's going to do some damage, and he did that against USC, uh, a USC team that early on, uh, you know, looked like they may shock the world, and then Alabama took over and just absolutely hammered them. So the question too is: Is USC uh, overrated? Is USC just not very good? We talked about over the fa- past few games uh, with their head coach you know they they've i think they've lost four out of the last five or something like that so you know you're going to have to watch them this year um uh Michigan Ohio State uh, both fans um you know very happy to see those products on the field uh you know it, it it's it's what a lot of teams do uh on week 1 and i'm just saying, you know focusing on them because they're two teams that had a lot of a lot of eyes on them uh, in the in the top 10 uh, it's what the first week in a lot of teams look like they 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 you know kind of not i wouldn't say stumble out of the gate but they didn't look uh, absolutely dominant in maybe the first couple series but then just absolutely took over and you see that across the board uh but uh you know you know if you're looking at the big ten and this is what I'll say about the big ten uh the, it's 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 a it's a two horse show. Right now, in my opinion, and that's Michigan and Ohio State. So look for that matchup, of course, in November, uh, and 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 you know see what teams can kind of shape out the rest of the Big Ten, um, SEC, ACC. You had the big matchup, Ole Miss versus Florida State. Ole Miss looked great in the first half. Florida State looked terrible. As Florida State does, they adjusted in the second half, uh, took over that game, and ended up winning. Um, do I think that that means Florida state is a contender? I don't know. I don't know what that means for Florida state. I also don't know what it means, uh, for Ole miss, I, I, you know, LSU losing to Wisconsin. Um, that does not look good on LSU. Les miles was in the hot seat early on last year. He got off by the end. And I think that seat just got lit up on Saturday when they went up to Lambeau and lost. You know, and and my I guess one of my 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 one final thought uh, as it pertains to week one is this preseason rankings. In my opinion, uh, are shit. I I've, I've thought this for years. I've said it for years on on my old show. I've said it on Twitter. I've said it on Facebook. I don't. I I think that that preseason rankings are shit uh, because you're 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 basically basing them off of last year. The way that a team finished, and how you perceive uh, incoming freshmen, and 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 uh, you know the development, the further development of college kids, uh, and how it's going to play out. Uh, I think that's a little bit kind of silly because, as we see um, already, let, let's look at the, you know the game that I was most focused on this past weekend: Notre Dame and Texas. Notre Dame came into the game ranked tenth, Texas was unranked in the AP poll this week. Texas, who won in double overtime. Again, they were up by, by 17 points. Notre Dame ended up coming back, tying the game, took it into a double overtime. Texas jumped from unranked to 11th. Notre Dame dropped from 10th to 18th. So the, 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 the preseason ranking, I think, is, is, is a pretty silly thing when you can move in such a big way for such a small loss in just one week. Uh again it was on a big stage it was at Texas it was on Sunday night it was the only thing on really uh if you looked over um you know kind of the uh the, the guide on your on your TV your your direct TV your dish whatever it is uh it was only pretty much the only thing watchable on Sunday night in my opinion uh so the, the, but if if you can move that much just two teams that much based on a what was it a three point victory because I don't think they even kicked the extra point um and that just goes to prove uh that the preseason rankings are just a frivolous number uh, so in my opinion i don't think there should be rankings uh until the first weekend of October. Let September play out um and then get then you start to get a somewhat of a decent idea about who is where, what is where, and what this college football season look like not based on last year so uh those are kind of my thoughts dave from from week one in in college football um but you know it was a great it was a great great weekend when it came down to it and uh you know i probably have more to say about last week than i will about this week because it just doesn't provide us a whole lot to look at but what uh what do you what can you take away from week one
2: Man, you're on your soapbox on the second show. This is pretty impressive. <laughs> um, first, first takeaway from, the sh- from week one is this Houston team is still for real. I don't know how you didn't mention that. Uh, that is the biggest takeaway from week one. Um, I think this Houston team can compete with anyone. I don't think they have as much talent as your big-name schools, but I think they have one of the best coaches in college football in uh, Coach Herman. Uh, he had these kids ready to play against Oklahoma. Oklahoma is no joke. They are still one of the best teams in the nation. But this, uh, this Houston team went out and absolutely dominated them. Um, I watched most of the game, and I actually think they were better than the score indicated, which is pretty impressive. Um, I think they won by two touchdowns. I uh, don't, don't have it offhand, but uh, they were actually better than what the score indicated. I think if they happen to, uh, to win out, and I know I'm going to poke a nerve with this, but if they happen to win out, um this team deserves to be in the college football
1: playoffs
0: really
2: really 100% guarantees
1: i without help i i just i can't agree with it I, I can't in in good conscience i can't agree with and i know i know what they did to oklahoma and i get that but it, it's week 1 um, I mean, it, the the rest of the way out, their, their best opponent is what is now currently what a 15th rank Louisville. Will they even be at, at that point? It's like, man, I just and and I get it that that coach is for real. The talent, uh, you know, is for real based on things they've done over the last couple games. But I just I have a hard time. I have I would have a hard time putting them in. Over you know a, a a team that would even have one loss, that would have a a, a much tougher schedule resume, especially you, depending where losses Houston are. Houston
2: wins out and doesn't uh, doesn't have a single game that they don't win by double digits, including Louisville and including their conference championship game. That's a tough decision if they're that
1: dominant over everyone. I mean they 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 kind of I in they kind of have to be, um, you and know. I think they will be they probably will be uh, at least against every team that isn't named Louisville and at least isn't in that I conference think championship beat i they they certainly they certainly could i think they probably are better than louisville i just man and and it's it's obviously it's just it's just kind of you know trying to look into that crystal ball um because crazy things will happen it you know how many undefeated teams are going to be there at the end of the year how many one loss teams are going to be there um you know, that, that, that have a, a, what would could be considered a great loss. I mean, and I'm not, I'm not trying to play the Homer card. I'm really not, but let me, let me put it to you this way. If, if the fourth spot would come down to, uh, an undefeated Houston team versus a, a, or a one loss Notre Dame team. And let's just say Texas wins out and wins the big 12. Okay. So Texas is undefeated, wins the big 12, obviously beats Oklahoma, um, I, I don't know, uh, I don't know who else would, would, how it would play out, but if if Texas wins out, they're undefeated, obviously they would probably be one of the teams, you know, in, in, in this hypothetical, that would be, if that,
2: if that happens, you have to, you have to put Notre Dame in because the, the only common opponent would be Oklahoma there.
1: Right. And okay.
2: You, you have to, in that situation. Okay. But let's be realistic here. Notre Dame's not going to win out.
1: They probably are not based on what I saw on Sunday, it, and, and it it pains and me to, that you're pains going to, me the Notre to say that.:
2: game, and you're going to get to watch a loss in person. kind
1: of makes me smile. A little bit. <laughs> uh, he, I'll put, yeah, I mean, if Notre Dame can't learn to tackle between now and October 15th, um, that, that Notre Dame Stanford game that I'm going to be at is going to be a hard one to watch, a real hard one to watch. McCaffrey might put up 400 yards himself in that game if Notre Dame can't tackle. In the first half. Yeah, pro- yeah, probably.
2: The <laughs> so, other thing that really caught my eye this weekend um, was the Clemson-Auburn game. I thought it was very interesting that Clemson held the game as close and as low-scoring as it was. Whether that's the first week um, jitters, for lack of better terms, or if that is something that uh, is foreshadowing that Clemson isn't as good as we think they are. Or the rankings think they are. As you were on your soapbox earlier, <laughs> but uh, that that was an interesting game, uh, to say the least. Uh, the other thing is, uh, you're giving Iowa no respect in the Big Ten. Not sure what they're made of yet, but they're they're worthy of being in that conversation. I do believe, or whether they're worthy of being at the same level, I'm not sure at this point.
1: Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I know last year, and I try not to base too many things off off what we see a year ago, but, uh, you know, that they were a team that had probably the easiest schedule of any team, you know, in, in the big 10. So I, I, you know, at this point, I'm, I'm not trying to disrespect them or Michigan state or, or anybody else, but I just think, you know, I, I think that all eyes are going to be on Michigan and Ohio state when we get into November. I really do. I think That matchup is going to be the critical matchup um, for who comes out of the Big Ten. And, you know, and then going into the conference uh, championship, which I think is the week after that game, I think is how it's set up. But uh, I I honestly think at this point uh, that those are the, the two teams to beat in the Big Ten. And I would
2: agree with that. That's all I have for week one uh, I'll turn it over to you to let you do your Battle of Pennsylvania preview.
1: yeah, the Battle of Pennsylvania renews itself for the first time in uh in sixteen years. The last time these two teams played will almost be sixteen years to the date uh September sixteenth of two thousand pitt shut out Penn State twelve to nothing um, the Penn State leads the series. 50 to 42. I don't have a a ton of stuff on this one. This has been an absolutely crazy week, Dave, and I'm not trying to make any excuses here. Um, but, uh, my, my brain kind of feels like jello. I, I got a, uh, a new position at my, at my work and, uh, it has pretty much drained me of my mental faculties, which weren't that strong to begin with for anyone that knows me. But, uh, Last week Penn State beat uh beat Kent State 33 to 13. Pitt beat Villanova 28 to 7. Um you know so so I don't know uh I don't know what we have learned from uh, from those two matchups. I know it's two teams that um you know are still maybe trying to find an identity from what they used to be. Pitt uh, of course not not too many years ago were in, in the competition for what was then the Big East and and you know kind of had battles for the ACC Penn State um still trying to find itself uh in the post Joe Paterno world and I'm not uh, not even going to get into any of that nonsense uh because that's not what this show is about quite frankly um but just looking at it uh you know I think probably the biggest takeaway from from week 1 again you have to kind of take it with a grain of salt based on opponents and that it is week 1 but offensively Penn State put up um uh, almost a hundred yards more on offense than Pitt did. So uh is Penn State's offense that much better? Was it just the quality opponent? Was it jitters? Uh I don't know. Um but the, the the real question here is will uh will Connor, the running back for Pitt, be able to get loose? Because I think if he does, uh Penn State's gonna be in for a long afternoon. This is at Pitt. Um this is the first of four meetings between uh these two teams uh the, dubbed the keystone classic. So I think there's going to be a lot of eyes in the state on this uh on this matchup. I know for me, uh, I should be home from the uh from the golf course by then. So I'm going to be watching. It's a noon kickoff time. Uh so you are going to get out there early. It is going to be hot on Saturday. And and early on in the season, depending where these games are, sometimes weather has to be taken into account. It's going to be hot. Uh I going to be very sunny, very dry. Uh, so you got to watch out for things like cramping, stuff like that. But the two teams, of course, uh, being uh, not too far from each other, they they kind of practice in the, uh, in the in the same setting. Um, you know, re- really, really, there, you know, that that that's about all I have, at least in terms of uh, just kind of my 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 thoughts on the matchup. I'm intrigued to watch this one though, um, be- because it is the tale of two teams that are kind of. I, I don't even necessarily like the word rebuilding. I, I do just kind of like that phrase, finding themselves um, in 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 the world. You know, with with two, you know, younger coaches, newer at the schools. Uh, you know, it's 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 a it's an identity thing. They're they're trying to find who they are. They're trying to make a case and make you know re, rebuild themselves within their conferences. So a matchup like this, a rivalry this early in a season sometimes can really have an impact on how the rest of the year plays out. So I think whoever wins this game, especially if it's in, in any form of dominant fashion, which I would say is you know 13 or more points over the other one, I'm not necessarily saying that's going to be the case, but if any team can do that, if anybody can really uh, hammer the opponent here, I think that that can make a statement and, and build themselves up for the remainder of the year and the other team. You have to watch out. If again, if it's a if it's a dominating performance by the opponent, that that losing team can sometimes go into a tailspin. So it's going to be up to the coaches to manage what happens, not only in this game but beyond. Uh, for me, uh, I, I, I'll make the prediction now. Uh, I think Pitt, Pitt wins this one. I do think it's close, though. I think at this point, we don't know a whole lot about either of these teams. Um, So, I will say it's going to be Pitt. I'm going to say by six. So, Pitt by six over Penn State on Saturday.
2: All right. I have a little bit on this. Uh, Not too much. I didn't focus on it uh, since it was your game. Uh, My my general keys though, is that the Pittsburgh defense is – they're pretty solid from what we saw last week. Uh, granted, it faced the Villanova offense, I believe, which is uh, clearly one of the most feared offenses in college football. Oh, absolutely. Um, to me, it's not a question of Pittsburgh's defense, though. It's a question of what is Pittsburgh's offense going to do. Both of these uh, these teams are going to focus on the run. Um, Pittsburgh, can, I think, has a deeper backfield. Um, the, the obvious key for Pittsburgh is that the offensive line needs to uh, – open up holes and uh, create avenues for Connor to run through. Um, I, I think Penn state's going to utilize Barkley a lot as well. Um, but I, I just don't know. This is one of the, this is like every other freaking game this week that who cares <laughs> that it's not a, it's not a vital game or anything. I mean, I was going through uh, for the pick them and I think there is one game on the sheet that is a single digit spread with your top 25 yeah, team. Wow. So, I mean, it is a really bad week for college football. Um, but my my pick, and solely because I want to go against you, um, I'm going to pick Penn State with the upset. Uh, not real confident in it or anything, um, but I don't I don't like the Pittsburgh offense at, well and I, at all, and I think Penn State defense is a substantial upgrade from Villanova's. So I'm going to hope that they can control Connor and the running back trio at Pittsburgh and somehow squeeze out the victory. But I think this is going to be a very low scoring game.
1: All right. Uh, now let's, uh, let's turn it over to you here to your college football preview matchup of the week.
2: Sure. We're going to the probably the game that got my most uh, attention this week in Virginia Tech versus Tennessee, um, and this is at 8 o'clock on ABC. This game solely got my attention because it is being played in the infield of Bristol Motor Speedway, so they're terming it the battle at Bristol or football's biggest game. Uh, they're expecting 150,000 to 160,000 fans at this game. So it's going to be a massive amount of attendance. So the first question that popped into my mind on this game is, why in the heck would you agree to play a football game inside a racetrack? So I did some research on that, and if they uh, they sell out this game at 160,000 fans, each school is going to get $4.5 million. So that's pretty impressive for the school yeah. uh, for agreeing to do this uh, showcase for lack of better terms um tennessee last week they actually beat appalachian state uh, i believe it was 20 to 13 in overtime uh dobbs actually fumbled the quarterback dobbs fumbled leaping for the goal line and uh their wide receiver hearns or or heard landed on the ball um virginia tech had an easier time with liberty winning 36 13 Uh, interest and again this is a game that i really don't care about in the grand scheme of things with college football but uh it was one of the best options to pick for the week so some interesting facts on this game. Uh, the last, two time, last time these two teams met, uh, Tyrod Taylor was actually in his junior year at Virginia Tech, uh, and Virginia Tech won 37-14. My favorite football coach that seems to be haunting me, Lane Kiffin, was uh, University of Tennessee's head coach at the time. Uh, this will be Virginia Tech's quarterback, Jared Evans, first real test. Uh, last weekend against Liberty, he had 221 yards, four touchdowns. So pretty solid stat line, but uh, it was Liberty. Virginia Tech's offense has actually ranked 97th, 107th, 108th, and 92 the past four seasons. They're actually averaging um, 72 snaps per game over that four-year period. The biggest thing since they've hired their new coach, uh, Justin Fuente, uh, that he brings to the program is he brings a lot of tempo. For example, last weekend with Liberty, against Liberty, Virginia Tech ran almost 90 plays. This is a figure that they've only reached once in the past four years. So this is a definite change on offense. Um, I personally think with this tempo change for Virginia Tech, they're going to try and make uh, University of Tennessee's defense aggressive and uh, actually too aggressive and hurt themselves with it. Uh, last year, Tennessee played a similar up-tempo Bowling Green team, uh, and they actually beat them by almost 30 points. So, again, if we go back to last year's results, it shows that Tennessee can hold their own with these, uh, with these high-tempo offenses. Virginia Tech's Isaiah Ford also had 117 yards last week and had over 100 or, 1,000 and, or 1,100 yards last year. And this is a key because he needs to help out Jared Evans in this game. Uh, Evans being the first primetime big game that he's played in has to have some nerves. Um, on, on the other side, there's high expectations for the experienced uh, running back of Hurd and uh, Joshua Dobbs for Tennessee. Heard had about 110 yards and a touchdown last weekend. Um, he averaged less than four yards a carry against Appalachian State. So that's something to, uh, something to consider considering that it's Appalachian State versus Virginia Tech. Um, Appalachian State a pretty good team as we saw. Um, but how does that translate to Appalachian State? Well, it's, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, the, the Dobbs had a nice connection last week to Josh Malone. For, I think it was about 65 to 70 yards. So this, is, uh, this, is, this accounted for a lot of his uh, yards last week. I don't even know if he made 200 yards for the entire game. I didn't write that stat down. Um, but that, uh, he, he clearly did not look sharp at all. Um, he, he missed a couple open wide receivers that I saw. Um, his decision-making was definitely questionable. Um, for a perfect example, at the end of the first half, he had an interception which uh, took points off the board for Tennessee. Uh, likely points off the board, I'll say. Who knows with the college kicking game, but uh, likely points coming off the board, which definitely uh, would have been helpful given the uh, end of the game. The other thing to note on this game uh, from Tennessee last week is Appalachian State actually dominated the defensive line of scrimmage. Um, I, I will actually say that Appalachian State dominated both lines of scrimmage. Um, Appalachian State had almost 200 yards on the ground. Um, Dobbs was... Uh, Running from Appalachian State defenders all night as well. So I, again, I think this is a key to Virginia Tech that if they can press Dobbs, they have a chance in this game, um, especially with that up tempo offense. Who knows what could happen? Uh, so they're, they're currently uh, about 10 point underdogs in Vegas, but I think they are much closer. I think this is much closer to a field goal game, especially given the, uh, the setting on this um tennessee's head coach butch jones is currently in his fourth season at tennessee um he has a 21 and 17 record there um overall record in the ncaa is 71 and 44 three weeks coaching at uh central michigan uh and cincinnati and i gotta get it in there uh he coached at cincinnati uh with one of my favorite college players munchie Lego, the quarterback from uh cincinnati from a couple of years ago and um, they actually beat virginia tech 27-24 when uh Butch Jones was at uh, Cincinnati, so Butch Jones has defeated Virginia Tech before. Um, to me, the key to this game is Virginia Tech needs to stop the University of Tennessee's run and force Dobbs to make plays. He's clearly prone to mistakes based on the uh, previous game and uh, how Appalachian State was able to actually keep themselves in this game. So again, I think this is going to be a pretty close game. Um, I'm leaning Tennessee by a field goal at this point, but I would not be shocked uh, if Tennessee does get upset here. I think this is one of the few top uh, top 25 games that you actually have an underdog that has a chance. So I'm picking Tennessee, but uh, I would not be shocked with the Virginia Tech upset.
0: Uh, we got a
1: couple of thoughts I have for this one is I'm, I'm intrigued to see what this game looks like. Um, you know, for for anybody that that's kind of a general sports fan, even just watches highlights on ESPN, knows, uh, that, that Bristol, you know, because because my wife goes, you know, like why would they do it at a track? And and I don't, I still don't really understand. <laughs> uh, obviously, besides the dollar amount, uh, why they would do it, um, but it is the smallest of all. The NASCAR tracks I mean if this is if there's going to be any place to do it uh, this would be it and I think it's just you know, more for the spectacle I think you know, you look over college football in the past couple of years that that's kind of what a lot of games become I mean I think last week there was seemed like there was probably more neutral site games than there were actual like home or away games at least when you're talking about major programs and, and it almost seems to kind of be um, like a pattern I think I think the Cowboys stadium hosts like f- three or four, maybe five college games in a season anymore. It just, it's kind of just become this thing where college football has become. Well, they, have, s-
2: they have to host a couple college games. So they have some meaningful games throughout
1: the year. Oh, 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 got a, got an NFL shot in early. Uh, we will, uh, Oh man, I wasn't ready for that, but, uh, I have to. You're gonna keep me on my toes. I see. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to stay alert at all times. The, I, I really think, and and I'm not, again. Kind of, it's kind of like the who cares sort of thing. Because as as we're gonna, after this preview, you're gonna, we're gonna run down the top 25 games, uh, just for the sake of what we're doing on the show. But the, I think this game is going to be an upset uh, because I, I think that. Tennessee, you know, if you're if you're struggling and have to battle from behind to beat Appalachian State at home, um, sometimes these neutral site games can become a distraction um, because it's more the spectacle, and you kind of get caught up in the environment and how big it is, and you know, it's a bigger than a normal Tennessee home game. So I, I think Tennessee, I think the the Volunteers are going to become kind of lost in the spectacle, and, and Virginia Tech's going to gonna sense that. And I think they're going to jump all over because they want to make a name for themselves in this uh, post-Beamer era. And uh, I absolutely think that this is going to be an upset. I think Virginia Tech by 10.
2: Wow, I like it.
1: Um, we'll run
2: uh, Unless you have anything else to add on this wonderful college slate, uh, we'll, we'll run through the top 25. Um, and I, I added the Penn State-Pittsburgh game, which you've taken Pittsburgh, and I've taken Penn State. Um, the other game I added, I added the Ohio Bobcats at the Kansas Jayhawks. Um, only reason I added this is I wanted a chance to pick Kansas because I don't think I've ever picked them in a football thing, so I just wanted a chance to pick them. Uh, they are favored in a football game, too, so that's another miracle in itself. How bad is Ohio? Wonderful. Yes. Like I mean so Kansas
1: Ohio probably
2: wins but I have a chance to pick Kansas so I'm picking Kansas.
1: Man, Kansas I'm going to have to pick Kansas too and I'm not, you know, not not to try and even out the numbers but for, for for Kansas to be favored I I almost I almost feel bad picking against them. Like this is this is a rare occasion. This is a rare moment in life and I think we should celebrate it. So I will pick Kansas as well. Excellent. So we both just lost. Bingo. <laughs> so, all
2: right, moving on to the picks. Um, Thursday night, the Louisville Cardinals are at the Syracuse Orange. Uh, I'm taking Louisville, but uh, they're favored by 14, uh, 14, 14 and a half at the moment. Uh, I think Syracuse will be within this number. Um, I think this is a much tighter game. Louisville has Florida State. Next week, I believe, so I think this number is going to be uh I think this is a possible trouble spot for Louisville, but I think they escape
1: yeah i am I'll agree with you on that one. Syracuse can sometimes be tricky, especially up in that dome, um, but I will pick Louisville, but close closer than a lot of people expect it to be
2: definitely uh moving on to Saturday then uh Nichols is at Georgia taking Georgia.
1: I'll t- I'll take Georgia. This if uh, if you're looking for a lot of disputes and arguments, that uh, at least on the college slate this week, folks, it, it's you're you're, you're probably going to be sorely disappointed uh, because uh, yeah, just kind of looking over this, it's 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 not leading itself a lot for disagreement, but yeah, Georgia. <laughs> and
2: then the next game is the UCF Knights at Michigan.
1: Uh, clearly taking Michigan. Michigan, absolutely. No no chance for UCF. Lamar Houston. Houston. Uh, I'll take Houston. <laughs> Central
2: Michigan Chippewas at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State, of course.
1: Uh, I like the name for Central Michigan, but I don't like them enough to win, so uh, Oklahoma State. <laughs>
2: Definitely. The uh, the Troy Trojans at number two, Clemson. I think this is a bounce back week. I think Clemson is absolutely going to stomp them.
1: Oh, yeah. I think they're going to hammer them hard. Clemson, big.
2: Charleston Southern at Florida State. Uh, Florida State, obviously. Number three, Florida State, that is.
1: Yeah, that, that one's easy. That one's easy. Florida State.
2: Uh, Akron Zips at
1: number 16, Wisconsin. Your, your big 10. Are they going to get upset by the, the Zips? Um, you know, Akron has uh, upset people in the past. I think they've even upset uh, and beat Penn State uh, once uh, in history. Uh but not this week and Wisconsin's going to get the win here. I'm in
2: agreement with that. Um Kentucky at Florida. Uh, this is an interesting one to me. Florida lost one of their big weapons on offense. I can't think of his name at the moment, but this is an interesting one. Uh, Kentucky has potential to beat Florida this week. Uh, I'm not going to pull the trigger, but I think this one is a lot closer than the Vegas spread of 17 in my opinion. I'm going to take Florida, but uh, Florida's on upset alert. There's not too many I can call them once. This is one of the practical ones.
1: Yeah, K- Kentucky's one of those teams that uh, you know has has the ability and in the past has has kind of put a scare into teams. Um, so I, I think this could be one of those ones that is won by, by Florida. Uh, but in the four, you know, in the fourth quarter, I don't think this is a runaway by any, any means.
2: I'm in agreement with that. Uh, SMU at Baylor, uh, Baylor probably going to score about 75 points in this one. So,
1: uh, I'll circle
2: them for both of us. I'm sure.
1: Yeah, that's easy. It's the MO of the big 12, all offense, no defense.
2: Definitely. I know you're going to take Nevada this week, so I'll go ahead and circle them for you. Oh. number 21 Notre
1: Dame. Uh, Notre Dame is going to have a bounce back this week, at least dear God, I hope so. Uh, if they don't bounce back this week, it's, it's going to be uh, a long, long Saturday in this house. It's going to be the huddle
2: up with Dave because Jim will not be surviving this weekend. <laughs> if that That's true. That is very true. So uh, Next game, this is actually one of my favorite games this week that I'm actually excited to see in my sick, twisted mind. Um, but Western Kentucky travels to number one, Alabama. Um, Vegas spread currently has this game at 28-29. Um, Alabama actually plays Old Miss next weekend. So a huge sandwich spot for Alabama coming off the game with USC last week and moving into the game with Old Miss next week. Um, it's Everything goes Western Kentucky's way. They have a chance at upsetting Alabama. They have a veteran quarterback, and they have a high-powered offense that could throw Bama for a loop. Um, I think they have a 1-in-10 chance of doing it, so I don't think it's very great. Um, But this is potential for number one Alabama to go down. Um, I definitely think that they keep this game closer than what the – the Vegas spread of four plus touchdowns indicate. So I definitely think this is a, I think this is a 14 to 17 point game that Alabama pulls away in the second half. Uh, I will go on record saying that I have said it to a couple buddies this week. I think that this game is going to be way better than anyone thinks it's going to be. Um, I might be off the deep end for saying that, but uh, I think Western, uh, Western Kentucky is going to give Alabama a match here, but I'm picking Alabama to survive somehow.
1: Um. I kind of talked about it a little bit last week that whenever you see those big spreads in college football, uh, a lot of times it's really hard to beat those. And, and yeah, it, it is, it, it's that by definition, just complete trap, uh, for Alabama. Uh, I, I, I say Bama will win. Um, I, I think it'll be in maybe the 20 point range. Um, if, if, if Western Kentucky wins, uh I will buy a Hilltoppers jersey cuz I hate Alabama that much. So um obviously they're all listening to this show uh that is extra incentive for the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers uh but I will abs- I will buy a Hilltoppers jersey if they find a way to beat Alabama.
2: Do they make them in your size an extra small big guy? Uh,
1: you know we'll we'll deal with that uh as as we Reach that if we if we have to. <laughs> It'll be the fourth jersey sold this year by him. Uh, moving on,
2: I'll take uh, Ohio State over Tulsa, of course.
1: Yeah, yep, that one's easy. Ohio State. I'll take Old Miss in the bounce back over Wofford. Sounds good. Uh, mark me on that one. Washington over Idaho. Yep.
2: The sole interesting game in the top twenty-five this weekend. Arkansas travels to number twelve TCU. Arkansas is about uh, seven and a half point underdogs to TCU. um, But I'm not convinced on Arkansas at all this year. I think they're a little um, too much hype behind them. And I haven't seen a whole lot out of them so far. Um, So I am going to stick with the favorite here. Um, It's pretty bad if I'm not picking an an upset at all this week. Um, But I will take TCU to beat Arkansas.
1: I will do the same.
2: The UTEP minors at number 20, Texas. Uh, Clearly, since you have a little bit of man love going on for Texas after they throttled your boys last weekend, uh, you're going to pick Texas as well.
1: I will pick Texas in this one.
2: Speaking of big big spreads, uh, Louisiana Monroe is catching like 47 points against Oklahoma, but I think Oklahoma covers the spread and takes all their frustration out from Houston on Louisiana Monroe.
1: Uh, that's certainly possible. I, I won't say that they will beat the spread, but it'll be close. I think it'll be in the in the uh, mid-30 range, maybe like a 35-point win.
2: Then we have uh, Iowa State travels to number 10, Iowa. Um, about 15 points on the spread here. Uh, again, I'm taking Iowa in this. I don't think Iowa State has enough firepower
1: for Iowa at this point. If this game was at Iowa State, I would pick them because I feel like that's a matchup that a lot of times leads to just surprise endings, uh, especially when you're talking about a night game. This one is a 730 game um, on the Big Ten Network for those that have the Big Ten Network, Uh, but since it is at Iowa, I will take Iowa.
2: Perfect, and then uh, Jacksonville State at number twenty-two LSU. I think I can circle LSU for both of us.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think the Fournette train is 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 just going to be sent down the sent down the tracks like a bullet train.
2: Bullet train, eh? that's pretty bold. Um, I have you for Virginia Tech, then I'm taking Tennessee, um, Virginia at number twenty-three Oregon. Uh, this is a little interesting one to me. Um, I think Virginia lost a lot um, with their graduating class and with the draft class, um, but I, I, I think this game's going to be closer than a lot of people think. But I think Oregon prevails as well.
1: Yeah, I'll take Oregon uh, again. Being at home, I, I think it you know leads to them being the favorite. But um, you know, Virginia is one of those teams that that can surprise people uh, at times. But uh, yeah, I'll take Oregon.
2: Perfect. Um that wraps up our our college pickem uh, off this week is number 5 Stanford, number 8 Michigan State and number 8 or number 24 Texas A&M and the rest of the top 25 is pretty much off as well.
1: All right. Uh so we are going to take our break here. Uh then we on the other side it is time to talk about NFL week number 1. We've been waiting for it for a very long time, but uh let's stay tuned on the other side. Of the break, huddle up podcast here on Sports.com.
0: Are you the next Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, or Deion Sanders? Do you have what it takes to become the next great talent? Whether you play baseball, basketball, football, or any other sport, you all at least have one thing in common, the need to be recognized. It doesn't matter if you're trying to get recruited to your dream school or striving to make it to the next level. I'm NextUSA.com is the platform for you. You have the power to create the life you want. How? Visit the web store on www.iampower.com to find out more. That's i-em-power.com. You're listening to NGSE Sports Radio. Hear us live on com, where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop.
1: back, Huddle Up Podcast here on NGSCSports.com, Jim and Dave with you, and this is the moment we have been waiting for since uh, the old goat, Peyton Manning, was raising that Lombardi trophy in the midst of a cold, cold winter. NFL week one is upon us, and I couldn't be happier, especially given the Notre Dame loss last week, uh, because there's always hope on the other side, right? Well, at least that's because my fear. the season's over, right? <laughs> uh, it's it's the definitely on the outside looking in. Unfortunately, um, Jason uh, checks in on on Twitter with us. He said, uh, "You're both taking Bama, but a good game does Bama cover?" I think we both decided that they're not correct.
2: Absolutely no chance they cover.
1: All right, so no cover by Alabama. And uh again, if you want to tweet uh at me, you can tweet at me at Big Jim Sports Dave. What's your Twitter handle for people to uh reach out to you?
2: Twitter handle is at D Gerhart G-E-R-H-A-R-T zero two
1: four. All right, so that uh that is where you can find us. You can also check into our Facebook page that is dot uh, Facebook.com slash huddle up podcast. Uh Dave, let's uh we're gonna do this a little bit differently. Uh instead of doing the, the full game previews and then the pick'em, we will do the previews in the midst of the pick'em. So uh let's start with tomorrow night's game. It is the Super Bowl rematch. It is in Denver, and uh we have Carolina and I'm showing a three point favorite in the mile high city. Uh, I like Carolina in this one. I I think there's just, there is enough change in Denver. Obviously Peyton Manning retires. Trevor Simeon is your starting quarterback for the Broncos. Um, I, I just think that there's a, there's a lot of turnover. The defense is going to be very good of course for both teams, uh, for the Broncos, uh, as they were a year ago. But I just think in this one that there's that it's too big of a stage for for a guy like Simeon to get the start and get a win. So I'm going to go Carolina. Um, it's going to be close, but I like the Panthers.
2: No, I'm I'm definitely on board with the Panthers. Um, obviously, I'm picking my boys in this one. They can't go. Uh, they can't lose to Denver twice in a row. Um, I said before the Super Bowl, and I feel like it's accurate as well for this game. that There's no way we lose this game unless Cam is an absolute idiot with the ball. Um, I've made that statement once before, and he was an absolute idiot with the ball. Um, uh, absolute idiot might be, even be an understatement. I mean, the last time we played these guys, we had over 300 yards of offense on the, uh, on the famed Denver defense, and we lost. Um, the one thing that does scare me with this game, um, from a Vegas betting perspective, uh, this is almost identical to the way the game played out betting market-wise during the Super Bowl. There is some similarities there um but there's 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 no way I am not taking my panthers in this game. This is a revenge situation um I'm definitely thinking that we're going to throttle. little.
1: yeah it's 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 certainly possible. I just think that, that there's there's a lot there's too much change in denver, and uh, you know a lot I think when you when you have all the eyes on the celebration sometimes they forget that there's a game that 's yet to be played all right, let's move to Sunday Dave. Uh, we have the Buffalo Bills at the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore, a three-point favorite in this one. Sunday, 1 p.m. CBS. I like the Ravens. I think Buffalo's one of those teams that it's like year after year, you're like, can they be good? Will they be good? Well, they have a lot of talent, but it it just seems the the Rex Ryan thing, has been a disappointment. So I, I like Baltimore to come out and, and get the win. Um I, I don't I don't think either team, either way, it's going to be a blowout. Uh, but I like Baltimore.
2: Yeah, this is, uh, this is one of those games that if my wonderful local cable networks force me to watch, I'm going to be absolutely upset because I don't care who wins this game. Uh, I, I'm picking Baltimore for the sheer fact that I think Buffalo Bills are one of the most overrated teams this year in the NFL. Um, I think they're going to be in for a rough year that I don't know that they're going to go 6-10. Uh, when you have the Ryan Duo involved, that you can never have any confidence. Uh so I think Baltimore wins this game on a sole basis that I think uh the, the Buffalo team is in for a long year. Um however I think that Buffalo could steal this game if uh that formal former Eagles running back decides to go off uh Mr. McCoy, that is.
1: Yeah, certainly possible when you're talking about uh Shady. He is he's always has the potential to uh to tear loose and uh, the Ravens have had struggles with their defensive identity uh, since they won the Super Bowl a few years ago. Uh, Sunday 1 p.m. on Fox Everbank Field host Green Bay at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jacksonville, uh, excuse me, Green Bay, a four and a half point favorite. Uh, this, This may be one of my more bold picks of the week. I like Jacksonville to win. I like Jacksonville to win by a touchdown or more. Uh, I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to be one of the most surprising teams to a lot of people. I am not one of them. And and after we run down the Sunday slate, we're going to we're going to look in in that crystal ball and try and glimpse into the future a little bit. You might be surprised where I put the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think this team is going to be a surprise not to me. I said it at the end of last season how uh, how good I think this team has the potential to be. So I like Jacksonville to win in in a surprising week 1. A big victory over the Packers.
2: Wow. All I can say is I think Jacksonville is one of the most overrated teams coming into this year. I have the exact opposite opinion on them. All right. Everyone feels like they're going to do well. um, I think they're going to be the same old Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, Reason behind that is if you look at their stats, they look a lot better than their record indicates last year. Uh, A lot of their stats, if you break them down by quarters, a lot of their stats were gained in the fourth quarter. I saw a stat somewhere where they, they gained 38% of their offensive yards in the fourth quarter.
1: Hmm. Okay. The reason they
2: got so many yards in the fourth quarter is they were down from three to four scores. <laughs> so I don't, I don't, I am not convinced that Jacksonville is going to be any good. Um, but I am definitely taking green Bay in this game. Um, I think this is one of those games that the line seems a little bit short to me. I think Green Bay should be closer to a touchdown favorite. Uh, but, again, they are on the road. It is week one, so anything is possible. Um, but I think Green Bay somehow finds a way to win this game. And I uh, I definitely do not share your viewpoint on Jacksonville for the season. I have them finishing dead last in their division.
1: Wow. Okay. Well, that will be something interesting to uh, to hypothesize as we – uh, look at uh, who we think is going to make the playoffs and the Super Bowl. Uh, 1 p.m. CBS Arrowhead Stadium, San Diego at Kansas City. Uh, Kansas City, seven-and-a-half point favorite. Uh, I think I think this one's a pretty slam dunk. I know uh, Jamal Charles questionable, I think. Uh, Spencer Ware, I believe, is probably going to get the start at tailback, but I really don't think it matters. The Chargers had a lot uh, of hope built into Joey Bosa when they selected him Uh, as their first pick Uh, and he you know he's 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 behind uh, because he was you know he held out and uh, he's already experiencing uh, I don't think it's necessarily injuries I think they said tightness uh, in his legs so I think uh, you know the the biggest piece to to their defense is 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 out (laughs) uh, or or at least behind the eight ball I I don't like San Diego very much um, so I like Kansas City here
2: yeah, I'm uh, I, I think I have to pick Kansas City. Um but I think it's gonna surprise a lot of people this year. Um I think I think Bosa, if he would have been at camp, would have helped out a lot. Um and I think if San Diego would be firing off cylinders and this is a week two, maybe even week three game, San Diego would be a live dog here. But uh San Diego uh when I, I meant kansas city there they they do not have uh i believe jamal charles is going to be out this week which is a huge blow to their running game uh but again i think they have enough talent here in kansas city that they will get past the chargers
1: all right i uh then we got oakland at new orleans uh 1 p.m fox from the mercedes-benz superdome uh i'm showing this one's kind of a push uh, i don't neither team uh really showing its favor. i like oakland i think uh Similar to my thoughts on Jacksonville, I think Oakland's going to be a team that is going to be much improved, and um, I, I just – I hate the Saints. I hate the Saints so much. Uh, so, uh, for, for those two reasons, I like Oakland here.
2: This this is probably my least favorite game of the week. If, if you had to tell me that there was one game that I didn't have to pick, it would probably be this game. Um, I have absolutely no clue who wins this game. I have absolutely no idea what to expect from the Saints this year, and everyone is talking about how great the Raiders are. Um, Quarterback last year, quarterback Carr, um, he played great the first five, six, seven games, but then fell off the bus the second half of the season. I have no clue what we get out of him week one. Is he going to continue on the trend, or is he going to be good since he's nice, nice and rested? I have no idea. Um, For that purpose, I'm picking the Saints at home. Um, Not confident at all, but uh, one one rule in mind with the NFL
1: is when in doubt, go with the home team. Fair enough. Uh, The game that I would least like to pick or that I care about the least is this one. The Chicago Bears at the Houston Texans. One o'clock, Fox NRG Stadium. Uh, Houston a a four-and-a-half point favorite. Uh, I think they're going to win by more. I think the Bears are just a complete mess, uh, so I like the Texans here.
2: I agree. I uh, I definitely like the Texans here. The Texans are in for a great year. Um, little spoiler, spoiler alert for later, but the Texans are in for a great year. Um, I actually was in a survivor pool, and we actually had uh, – we have over 350 entries in the survivor pool, and – we have two entries that picked the Bears this week, and I want to smack them because I have oh. no clue what they're doing. But I'll thank them for the donation.
1: I was going to say they—they they might as well have just given money away or lit it on fire because that's—that's that's absurd. <laughs> um. Yeah. Wow. The uh, the next one here: Cleveland at Philadelphia, Sunday at uh, at one o'clock, CBS from Lincoln Financial Field. Philadelphia currently a seven and a half point favorite that I'm showing. Uh, I don't know how much that that change or changes or waivers uh, now with all of the uh, the juggling at the quarterback position. I
2: believe, it is. I believe it's down to about three and a half, four, four and a half.
1: Okay, all right. Um, so yeah, yeah it's obviously moved. Uh, you know, when you're talking about that, that's basically working down to what about a home field advantage number. So, um, I honestly like Cleveland in this matchup, and I'm not just saying that because I'm a Cowboys fan. I'm not just saying that because I hate the Eagles uh, objectively you're looking at a, an Eagles team. The defense is going to be really good. Um, I think you have a lot of questions at the wide receiver position. Uh, you have a guy like Aguilar who, you know, couldn't catch a ball if he had super glue on his hands. Uh, and you have a quarterback that played what six snaps in week one of the preseason. He hasn't played since then. And he's your week one starter. Uh, I think there's a lot, I mean, there, there's some buzz about Cleveland, RG three and them. They look decent in the preseason. I'm not buying into the hype. I'm not here saying that Cleveland's going to win their division. Um, but give me, give me RG me, uh, on Sunday in, in Philadelphia to, uh, to get the boo birds out and the Philadelphia cheer going hot on a Sunday afternoon.
2: I'm in agreement with that. Uh, one thing I always like to do in the NFL, uh, You've got a, uh, four, and a half, four and a half points you're catching uh, going against a quarterback in their first start. Um, that's always a good thing. One other positive against this is you have uh, – it's going to be a theme this year for me. Um, anytime you can, you can go against the NFC East, you go against it. The NFC East is absolutely terrible this year. Yep. Um, the, the, the only rival that they have is the, uh, the AFC North um, – or the AFC South. Sorry about that. Um, but both of those divisions are absolutely terrible. So I will be taking Cleveland to beat the uh, the Eagles straight up in Philadelphia. Uh, it's going to make the 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 Philadelphia fans wish that the Phillies were playing all win, all uh, fall.
1: Yeah, it's uh, and I love the sound of that. I really do. <laughs> two t- two guys picking against the Eagles. Uh, then you have Minnesota at Tennessee. Tennessee, uh, or excuse me, Minnesota a three-point favorite on the road that game, 1 p.m. on Fox from Nissan Stadium. I actually like the Titans here, and I and I think it's just because, the, you know, the last week, week and a half has just been a, a pretty much a whirlwind for Minnesota, and I think there's going to be a lot of emotion in this game because of Teddy Bridgewater and, um, you know, losing him to injury for the year, maybe longer. Uh, you have Bradford coming in. How how much you know? He's obviously going to be the starter, um, or I would think he would be the starter. If not, you're talking about a Sean Hill team, a guy that hasn't started. And um, I think uh, George W. Bush was still president. Maybe the last time the guy started a game, I'm not sure. But I, I don't I don't like um, I don't like Minnesota here. As good as their defense is, uh, I'll give the edge to Tennessee at home.
2: I actually saw a at this week on the trade for Bradford and Bradford is expected uh, a couple of the the prediction sites that I look at uh, actually have Bradford projected to score four tenths more points a game for the Vikings they gave up a first round pick and a fourth round pick for four tenths more points a game okay pretty interesting to say the least Um, this is a very interesting game to me it's actually one of the games I'm most looking forward to watching Um, This this game is going to be the breakout for Mariota in Tennessee. Uh, This is an extremely good defense that he's playing. And I think it's a chance for him to show that uh, he's matured and he can handle that. I don't think he's going to look great the entire game, but I don't know how Minnesota is going to – Tennessee is going to have it very easy that they are going to put 8, 9, 10 in the box to stop AP. And if they can stop AP, I don't see any way that Bradford or Sean Hill is going to beat the game – beat them if they don't turn it over. Um, this is a low scoring affair. I think it's listed at 41, 42 points right now, but uh I still see that flying under. Um to me this is the first one that seventeen wins the game. Uh, I think Tennessee's gonna get there first.
1: All right, so we're uh, almost halfway through the uh through the uh, matchups, and we only have two games that we disagreed on. Let's keep plugging away here. Tampa Bay at Atlanta. This one, of course, at the Georgia Dome, one P.M. on Fox uh Atlanta the 3 point favorite at home i actually like Tampa Bay here uh I, I i think that Atlanta Atlanta has somewhat of an identity crisis uh you know you have Matt Ryan but you have a lot of young talent on the other side we finally see them parting ways with the likes of uh of Roddy White he finally moves on and uh, i mean Julio Jones is is the absolute stud um you know arguably the best receiver in the league there there's there's people who will make that case I will not dispute that he is one of the best uh at the position I just like Tampa Bay as a team overall um and and I said it even back when he was in college as dumb as Jameis Winston is uh you put a football on that man's hands he becomes a friggin' savant that guy is 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 brilliant when you put put him on a 100-yard rectangle. uh, And I think that you see him uh, play very well on Sunday and get Tampa Bay off to a good start.
2: Man, you're eating those crab legs already. (laughs) I am going with Matty Oates in the Georgia Dome. Uh, Home field advantage. Uh, He looked terrible in the preseason. A lot of people think that this is Tampa Bay's game to win, but I think – and I hate Atlanta this year, so this is probably a stupid pick, but it's against you, so I'll take more credit for it now. <laughs> um, but I, I think uh, Matt Ryan somehow finds a way to win this game and uh, somehow get the Falcons to 1-0. and They started 5-0 and last year, um, but then fell off the wagon. So I think, uh, I think there's a little bit of pressure on Matt Ryan and crew to, uh, to win this game. Um, side note, I do like Matt Ryan to have the most passing yards in the NFL this year. Um, I, think the, I think the Falcons are going to be coming from behind a lot. And he's, going to take a, uh, he's going to take a page out of Blake Bortles' book and get a lot of uh, stat padding uh, when the, the game is already over in the fourth quarter and they're trying to come back. But uh, I do like the Falcons in this game. Uh, not real confident on it, uh, the divisional game, um, but I do like the Falcons in this game.
1: You hear that, folks? If you are a fantasy football player, pick up Matt Ryan because uh, he's going to put up some yards. All right, Dave, Sunday, 1 p.m. Uh, from MetLife Stadium on CBS. It is the Bengals. It is uh, at the New York Jets. This is your game that you are going to break down a little bit more in depth, so the floor is yours.
2: Oh, Excellent. I took this game because it intrigued me, just because it's interesting on a whole bunch of accounts. Um, so This game is uh, 1 o'clock on CBS, I believe, MetLife Stadium in uh, New Jersey right outside of New New York. Um, One thing that has to be uh, factored in when picking teams this week, uh, this this game is right outside New York City, and uh, it is an emotional edge to the Jets with 9-11 this weekend. So this is something that needs to be factored in. The Jets are probably going to come out flying in the first quarter. Um, The last matchup here, uh, Dalton actually torched the New York Jets for uh, 325 yards, five touchdowns. Cincinnati pummeled them 49-9 in 2013. But this pretty much has no bearing since it's uh, three, four years ago um, on this game. Uh, The Jets lead the all-time series 17-8. And uh, even more bearing on this, uh, both teams have a 1-3 record in preseason. I know how much you love preseason stats, so I have to throw that one in there just for you, Jimmy. Uh, Last year's stats. Uh, the, the Cincinnati pass yards, uh, they were 15th in the league, the Jets were 13th. Rush yards, Cincinnati was 13th, Jets were 10th. Pass defense, Jets was, or Cincinnati was 19th, Jets were 13th. Rush defense was, uh, 6 and 2. So as you can see, the, the Jets win all four of these categories, which is interesting to me. Not something you would have thought, uh, looking at the teams last year. Uh, key injuries in this game, uh, based on what I saw this morning, uh, Cincinnati has AJ Green that is questionable with a knee injury. Uh, Tyler Eifert is out, um, their tight end with an ankle injury. Uh, that's a huge loss. Uh, that's Andy Dalton's favorite target in the red zone. Uh, so something he will surely miss. Uh, defensive back Adam Jones is questionable with a calf injury. Tyler Croft, the tight end is uh, questionable with an e- knee injury. And, uh, Jim's favorite player, Vontez Burpitt, is suspended. So I don't know how you're going to survive without him playing this week, but uh, he is suspended. New York Giants or New York Jets injuries: uh, Jordan Jenkins is questionable with a calf injury. Brandon Marshall, uh, wide receiver, is questionable with a hip injury. Bruce Carter, Bruce Carter, the linebacker, is questionable. Um, Josh Martin and David Harris, additional linebackers are both questionable as well. And uh their D lineman, Sheldon Richardson, is suspended. So uh key injuries, I think there's more questionable than anything else at this point. Uh it's a little early to tell who's gonna play and who isn't gonna play. Um I think there's more injuries that affect Cincinnati with uh Burfecht and uh Eifert that are both not gonna be playing, but uh I think it's something that they potentially can overcome. Um. So New York Jets, uh, they were 10-6 and six last year. Um, this is Todd Bold's second season as the head coach. Um, one thing that I keep in my head with Todd is he was the coach of the 2014 Arizona Cardinals uh, that was one of the best in the league in defense. Uh, he focuses on aggressive, blitz-happy type defense. Uh, he actually took the Jets from 24th to 9th last year in points allowed. Um, Chan Galley has also been improving the Jets offense um, but one thing, whenever I think of the Jets at the moment, the only thing I can think of is Fitzpatrick is their quarterback. That always is stuck in my head. Um, the the key offseason season move, though, is they gained Matt Forte from the Chicago Bears, which is a key upgrade over Chris Ivory. Um, this should definitely improve the run game, which should help take some of the pressure off of Fitzpatrick. This is always a good thing when there's less pressure on Fitzpatrick. You know exactly what you're going to get with him. He's a 20th to 25th ranked quarterback in the nfl um they also placed a franchise tag on defensive end muhammad wilkerson which is a key um he one, one thing with going back to fitzpatrick is he isn't all that good uh, i think i've covered that and i think i keep uh hinting on how important that is he also missed three months of workouts due to holding out for more dollars uh, i think he got 12 million for a contract but uh Still, he, uh, he he's not that good of a quarterback. Um, the, the Jets had about 30 – I think they had 30 takeaways last year, which was third in the NFL. Uh, they have extremely high expectations this year. Um, I don't remember in recent years a Jets team that had such high expectations. To me, uh, based on what I've seen, anything short of a playoff berth will be a failed season for the Jets. Um, I expected Jets to crack uh, this year exactly as they did – in week 17 last year against Buffalo when all they had to do was win to get into the playoffs. Um, to, to me, you, you can't get into the playoffs with Ryan Fitzpatrick as your quarterback, period. <laughs> um, but if, if the Jets are for real, and I don't want to say this is a make or break game for them, but if, this is a, if they are for real this year, this is a game that they need to find a way to win. Um, this is one of those games that they will have the energy and the emotion of the stadium behind them, and they need to find a way to squeak out a victory. Um, going over to Cincinnati here, um, they finished 12 and 5 last year. Um, Marvin Lewis is entering his 14th season at the helm of uh, the, the Bengals here. Um, he's one of the longest tenured coaches in football. Uh, seven career playoff appearances, I believe. Um, th- this is this game begins Cincinnati's uh, almost annual quest at this point to bounce back from another playoff disappointment. Um, Andy Dalton's a quarterback. Uh, he's fully recovered from his broken thumb. And he completed about 66% of his passes last year for over 3,200 yards, uh, 25 TDs. Uh, those stats seem okay, but then uh, you have to remember he missed three games. So those, is, those stats are pretty good for only 13 games. He was on pace for over 4,000 yards, which is the, uh, the key mark for uh, quarterbacks. Uh, one thing where I think Cincinnati is under the radar is their defense. Uh, they have Carlos Dunlap and Geno Atkins on the D line. Um, they, they had 24 and a half sacks combined between them last year. Uh, Ray Maluga, Drake for Patrick, uh, it, this is gonna make scoring extremely tough on, uh, the Jets. Uh, Brian Fitzpatrick again. I keep going back to that. I've said his name far too much, but, uh, I don't see how he moves the ball that much on these, uh, these guys. Um, one thing that the, the Bengals did have in free agency is they lost Marvin Jones and Muhammad Sanu to free agency. So that's a, uh, that's a loss for them. Uh, Sanu is one of the best underrated receivers in football. Um, But they do still have A.J. Green. He had just under – he was three three yards short, shy of 1,300 yards last year, had 10 TDs. Um, It's going to be interesting to see how he impacts this game because if I'm the Jets, I'm throwing – I don't want to say I'm double covering him, but I am not letting him beat me. Um, And another key to go along with this is uh, Dalton is missing his favorite target around the goal line in uh, Tyler Eifert. So I think this is another key, but I have to make sure that they're on top of A.J. Green. Um, so my pick, uh, my pick in this game, I think it's pretty clear, but I am definitely going with the Bengals here. Um, I think this game is going to be closer than it should just because of the energy coming out of MetLife Stadium. But I think that uh, the D-line of the Bengals is going to be able to put uh, more pressure on Fitzpatrick than he's able to handle. The Jets do have a decent offensive line, but they still have a, uh, a whack job for a quarterback. So any kind of pressure is going to throw him off his game and force him into mistakes. Um, I think the Bengals
1: win this game by about 10 points. Uh, You know, originally I had penciled in uh, Cincinnati in this one. I I thought that uh, defensively, I think, I mean, they are the better team. Uh, But as I kind of thought about it and I thought about some of the injuries, I thought about the the suspension um, and and the energy coming out and – emotion can, can play a lot into this game. And, and I think if the Jets, I think I see the Jets coming out, obviously a ball of emotion, uh, on Sunday, September 11th, you know, in New York. Uh, and then I think they come out and, and uh, they, they, they kind of have used that to their advantage and get out to an early lead that I think will carry them. I think it will be close. Uh, I could see it being, being a field goal victory. Uh, but I am actually, I actually originally, like I said, I penciled in the Bengals, but I have changed my pick to the Jets because uh, I, I just think emotion is going to play heavy into this one. And and I think that, um, you know, Cincinnati is going to be the better team uh, f- in the course of this season. Uh, but on this day, on Sunday, uh, week one, uh, I actually like the Jets. uh then we got uh let's go to the four o'clock games uh there's three yes three games uh in the afternoon set Miami at Seattle is the first one Seattle seven and a half point favorite um look I think Miami is going to be a, a somewhat improved team um but I think
2: that's closer to ten ten and a half
1: okay so that moved a little bit too um i but it it's it's Seattle it's at home. Uh, especially early on. Uh, the question here with Seattle is is um you know the status of the running back position, Thomas Rawls still working his way back from injury. Uh but if he can't go, Christine Michael is is more than suitable. Um you know, Miami going, you know, going out west uh into that environment. Uh you know, even though I think they could be improved this year, this ain't gonna be the week to do it. I like Seattle.
2: I, I agree with Seattle. I think this is one of those games. that I don't know that they cover the ten and a half, and I don't know that they don't cover the ten and a half. This is one I will just sit there and watch. Um, but I don't. I, I think there's no way that they uh, they lose this game. Um, I heard an interesting stat. I can't remember it exactly, so forgive me for that. But uh, during Russell Wilson's career, entering in, in the fourth quarter of every game he has taken part of, the Seattle Seahawks has had a share of the lead in every single game he has played.
1: Wow. That's, I
2: don't uh, know if that's true or not, but I saw it on Twitter, and if it's on Twitter, it must be true. It's got to be true. Um,
1: There's never been a the, lie on the, Twitter. Not once.
2: The 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 fact that he has – that that's even in conversation is incredible.
1: Yeah, that's 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 absurd. That's nuts. <laughs> that um, Wow. Yeah, that 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 just shows you how good he is, how good – that team has been um, during his career, just uh, pretty so- strong stuff. Sunday, four twenty five p.m. on Fox, Cowboys Stadium. This is the game I'm going to look at. Uh, I'm not going to go as uh, as deep uh, as you are this week. I-, I gotta I gotta do a better job taking my notes, man. Uh, you're putting me to shame here. But but just looking at it, um, you know, from a year ago to this year there is a i think there's a lot more difference when you're talking about the Dallas Cowboys uh to the New York Giants of course uh the injury to Tony Romo and there's so many questions uh from from here with Romo um you know it, it's it's a broken back um it's a, you know a broken bone in the back the the questions of whether he, or not he will be you know ever get back ever get back healthy what healthy means at this point th- there's so many questions to that but the, the 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 bottom line is this is Dak Prescott's team for now uh Ezekiel Elliott's the running back you still have Des Bryant um the, the receiving core looks about the same in the offensive line of course on the defensive side of the ball the suspensions are what is just screaming loud for the Dallas Cowboys defensive line Randy Gregory out Defensive lineman Demarcus Lawrence out, linebacker Rolando McLean out, all suspended. Um, I believe it's it's a uh, four games because uh, Gregory won his appeal. Gregory Lawrence out for four games, McLean out for ten. Uh, you know, so on the defensive side of the ball, the Cowboys are hurting and they can't afford to do that. Surprisingly, last year the Cowboys fifth in the league in pass defense, uh, but twenty first in the league in rush defense. That, that's not a good. Uh the Giants on the defensive side of the ball a year ago, thirty-first and twenty-second in those categories. Um, on the on the passing side, the Cowboys last year not good. Of course, you had injuries to Romo throughout the season. Des Bryant missed a number of time. Twenty-sixth in the league in passing offense, the Giants seventh. So you know the, the those are maybe the two strengths. The Cowboys pass defense is again as hard as it is to believe if they can carry that into this year. The rushing offense for the Cowboys ninth. I think it could even be better this year with Ezekiel Elliott and and even Alfred Morris behind that offensive line. The Giants' rush defense 18th in the league. So if they haven't bolstered that up, they could be in some trouble. Um, G- Giants kicker Josh Brown suspended for this game. Um, really, you know, I, I think it's the, the the key to this game, and I'm happy it's in Dallas. Is Dak Prescott? What what? can the kid do he has looked spectacular in the preseason um I don't think I don't necess- necessarily think that parlays into uh, dramatic success uh, on the regular season side but I will say this he 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 looks more confident more poised and more ready than any backup the Cowboys have had in a couple of years um you have a one of the best if not the best offensive lines in the NFL. You have a great running back. You have a great backup running back. So you don't need to have Dak do more than he needs to. Uh, Get him inside the, you know, if you get him inside the red zone, you have Jason Witten, you have Dez Bryant, use them. Uh, But also Jerry and the Cowboys run the damn ball. On the Giants side, you have Eli Manning. You have Odell Beckham Jr. When you're talking about those two things, that's a pretty good thing. I mean, we can make jokes about Eli all we want, but the guy's been consistent, and when you have Odell Beckham, who much like Julio Jones a little bit ago, arguably the best receiver in the NFL, I will also argue that Dez Bryant could be put in that category. There's there's two tremendous receivers. They're gonna they're gonna take the spotlight here in this one. This game always gets ugly too. These two teams, no love lost between them, uh, and and that is not going to change this week. Um, you know the Giants, although not at home. That they are a representative of the city of New York on September 11th, so there's going to be a motion there. So I think the Cowboys have to have to control that early on. Um, The the line in this one, uh, any what I I see anywhere between, I'm looking at between a four point favorite to Dallas to um, to to nobody to basically down to a pick 'em. I like Dallas in this one. Um, It's hard for me to pick against the Cowboys. It's going to be that way all year, but but I like Dallas to win at home and get the Dak Prescott era started right. Well, I'm glad that
2: you're going to pick Dallas 16 weeks because that means I'm going to pick up about 10 games on you this year. <laughs> I uh, I am going to pick the Giants in this game. Um, for the sheer fact that you had a first quarter – or first uh, – you have, the, you have Dak Prescott making his first career NFL start. Um, the, uh, the additional factor with that is he, he looked – quarterbacks always look better than they do in the preseason. Uh, no one is scheming to stop them. So they are – this is going to be the first time he's facing a defense that is specific to him. Um, I'm not high on the NFC East at all this year, so this is a tough game because I'm forced to pick someone from the NFC East. Um, but I think the giants prevail in this one somehow. Um, side note, I got a, I got a little bit of uh trivia for you, big Jim. It's not a specific number cause I didn't write it down,
1: but, uh, what do you think the Cowboys record is without Tony Romo the past, during his career? It's not good. I know, uh, over the past, I think it's three years. They're one in 14 without Tony Romo. I think it's a, is a stat that I saw during the preseason, uh, in games that he's missed over the past 3 seasons the Cowboys are 1 in 14 so um when he doesn't start so it's it's not it's not good uh however i i think that uh having Brandon Whedon, uh Kellen Moore and Kyle Orton uh as your starting quarterback in those games kind of plays a hand into that number as well <laughs>
2: I definitely agree with it, and I don't have it in front of me, but uh, his the record without uh, Romo is absolutely awful the past couple of years, but it was actually better prior to that so it's kind of interesting how it has flipped recently and again, this is I think the law of averages yeah
1: it it, it's, it, it is Romo's
2: out for eight to nine weeks or misses eight games and they're sitting at, uh, three and five, they could actually find themselves
1: right in the hunt for the NFC East. So it's a, uh, very weak division. <laughs> yeah. That division sucks ass. Uh, we're going to go through these next couple ones fairly quick. Uh, so we can get to our, uh, our playoff and Super Bowl predictions, uh, Detroit at Indy. I'm showing Indy as a, uh, about a five point favorite in this one at home. I like Indianapolis.
2: I'm taking Detroit. Pure gut, uh, no clue on why I'm picking Detroit in this one, but uh, something tells me to take Detroit.
1: All right, the Patriots at the Cardinals. That is uh, the Sunday night game, uh, 8.30 p.m. on NBC, that uh, Detroit indie game is 4.25 on Fox in uh, in those markets. Uh, the Patriots at the Cardinals, 8.30 on uh, Sunday night from U- University of Phoenix Stadium. Uh, of course, no Tom Brady Four of the Patriots out the first four games suspended, uh, I'm showing Arizona as a six point favorite at home. I like the Cardinals in this one i i you know garoppolo uh may be good, maybe the future for that team, but it, it going on the road at Arizona at night uh, I don't think uh that he and the Pats stand a chance.
2: Cardinals all day. no questions
1: all right. then we move to the two Monday night games. You have Pittsburgh at Washington. Monday night, 7-10. These are both on ESPN. Uh, the Steelers, a three-point favorite on the road. I like Pittsburgh uh, in this one. Again, Just uh, it's the NFC East thing. Uh, Pittsburgh's a better team. Washington, you don't know what you're going to get, uh, but it's probably not going to be very good.
2: I'm on board with the Pittsburgh selection. Uh, one thing I do want to say on Washington is they had a key offseason acquisition where they took uh, Josh Norman from my Panthers. Um, I do want to call this out. Um, I think it's something that people are unaware of, but I expect Josh Norman to struggle mightily this year. It is a system issue with Washington that they tend to play a lot more man-to-man. Josh Norman last year had a lot of zone reads, which is where he is a lot stronger. Um, This was due to the Carolina linebackers covering so much of the middle of the field. Um, As good as they are, they take up a lot of the middle of the field and they can let the corners kind of almost on uh, the islands on the outside. Um, I think Norman is going to get torched a lot in man coverage last year. He was not good when we forced him into man. So I think this is something to keep an eye on without a doubt. But uh, I think there's potential for Josh Norman to have a uh, major regression this year that I don't think a lot of people are, are predicting.
1: No, I, I agree with you as well. That That's a, a huge point of note. Uh, and and you know especially when you're in a, you know you're gonna have two divisional matchups against Des Bryant, you're gonna have two divisional matchups against Odell Beckham, uh you know those could be big days for those receivers, so definitely something uh, to watch. I mean Antonio Brown could have a huge huge night uh on on Monday, and then the final uh game for the week, Dave, the Los Angeles Rams at the Forty Niners, ten twenty p.m. Eastern Time kickoff. Uh, in this one, uh, the Rams a two and a half point favorite on the road. Uh, I think San, San Francisco is just an absolute dumpster fire. Uh the Rams aren't aren't that good, but they're going to be good enough to beat a team that's just that bad, so I like the Rams in this one.
2: I agree. I have uh I have San Francisco as my worst team in the NFL at the moment. So uh I think they are an absolute joke of an NFL roster. Um I mean, it's pretty bad if you're worried about the guy with the fro wearing, sitting down versus the National Anthem, which we're not going to get into at all. But uh, my opinion is if he has such a big issue with the National Anthem, he can go somewhere else.
1: Uh, yeah, but I, I mean, it, as well. it, it, it is what it is. Uh, you know, I, I, I've talked about it uh, some on Twitter and some on my Facebook page. Um, I mean, it, it, it's captured the headlines, but it's not going to do that here, uh, both in the interest of the time and both in the interest of we don't really talk much uh news uh on this uh on this on this show. So, uh let's go to the predictions side for the season, Dave. I'm going to run down my NFC predictions and I'll get yours, then we'll do AFC and then our Super Bowl. Um so in the East uh in the in the interest of favoritism and bias uh entirely cuz uh, it really could be anyone's uh division cuz I had a guy on Twitter yesterday ask me he goes, you know, do you honestly think um you know, where do you honestly think the Cowboys could go? I said they could be anywhere from first to last, just like any team in the East, because that's how bad the division is. So I have the Cowboys winning the East in a surprise. Uh, and and this will be kind of a bold prediction with it. Um, Dak Prescott will start 16 games this year. Uh, I think the Cowboys will be good enough when Tony Romo gets healthy that um, the keys will get turned over. And I don't know what that means beyond this year. I don't know if that means the Cowboys get rid of Romo or – Try and trade Romo or something like that, but this year, um, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. The Dak experience uh, works out well. The NFC South, uh, I have the Buccaneers. I think this team is going to be much improved. Again, uh, you know, I'm 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 hopping on the uh, I'm 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 eating them crab legs big time, and I like uh, Jameis Winston and company to win that division. The Packers in the North, I would have said the Vikings, but I think. With the injury to uh, to Bridgewater, it's going to affect them enough in the early part of the year that the Packers can get the advantage early. The West, I like the Cardinals because pretty much that's the only team that's worth a damn in the NFC West. And my two wild card teams, my number one wild card is the Vikings. My number two is the Seahawks.
2: Interesting, interesting. Um. NFC East, I'm taking the Giants. I think they're the healthiest team at the moment. Uh, I think they're the best team top to bottom. Uh, granted, it's the NFC East, so they lose in the first round of the playoffs. I don't care what team comes out of that division. Um, where'd you go next? You want south? South. Um, I'm obviously taking my Panthers in the south. Uh, hands down, no debate there.
1: Right, I should have just wrote uh, that in. <laughs> they're the best team in this.
2: This is another. This is the second worst division in the NFC, and they are uh, clearly the cream of the crop here. Uh, NFC North, uh, I'm taking Green Bay. Rogers is back. Uh, NFC West, I am taking the Seahawks. Wild card one is going to be the Arizona Cardinals. And wild card two is going to be the Minnesota Vikings.
1: All right, so we had a, we had a couple of things that were similar there and a couple of things that were different. Let's move to the AFC. AFC East, I like the Patriots. It may sound like a broken record, but, uh, you know, touchdown. Tommy's going to come back after four weeks and just light uh, light light the AFC on fire. The AFC South, I kind of alluded to it earlier. The Jacksonville Jaguars are going to win – the AFC South, I think they're going to be much improved, despite what you think. Uh, the AFC North, I'm going to take the Steelers. Uh, the West, I like the Raiders, and like I said, a much improved team. Um, and then my my two wild card teams in the AFC, I like the Bengals as the one, and the Chiefs as the two.
2: Hmm. Interesting. We have a different group here. This is kind of a. Uh... This is kind of interesting how this will play out. Um, east, I have New England. Uh, south, I think you went to next. I have the Houston Texans. Uh, I think it goes. I think that division goes Houston, Tennessee, Indianapolis, Jacksonville. So I feel exact opposite
1: as you do probably. Okay. No, I think uh, I think uh, Houston. I actually think the Colts are going to finish last in that division.
2: Interesting. We'll see how that plays out. Oh sure. Um the the north I do have Pittsburgh as well. And then the west I have Kansas City. Wild card uh wild card number one is gonna be Cincinnati and my home run pick with wild card number two is gonna be the Tennessee
1: Titans. All right, so that, those are the two big differences. a couple of differences there and uh and our picks in the AFC. Uh now I'm, you know, really looking out in the distance here. Super Bowl. Uh, I have New England, and and I don't, I, you know, I don't necessarily like doing this. Um, you know, I've, I, I, I've, I, I've got, I've softened softened my stance on the Patriots in recent years. I used to hate them, but in a weird way, I kind of like to watch the world burn a little bit. Same. Reason why I didn't mind the Cavs winning the NBA title, just because I like to watch the world burn a little bit. Uh, so I have the Patriots over the Cardinals in the Super Bowl.
2: Patriots over the Cardinals. Well, I think that's uh, that, that's definitely a uh,
1: a pretty classic
2: pick this year, and one I can't argue with too much. Uh, I, I, the thing I worry about about the NFC West. In all honesty, is that they're going to sit there and beat each other up. I think it's one of the deeper divisions in football, and I think it's very possible that this Arizona Cardinals team could have to play Seattle three times, um, which can definitely hurt how well they uh, perform. Sure. Um, I have the Green Bay Packers coming out of the NFC. Um, I think this is the Packers' year. I think they're really strong, and I think they're going under the radar with Aaron Rodgers as a quarterback. Um, coming out of the AFC, um, everyone has New England. So I'm going to kind of throw a little home run or prayer maybe. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to say that the walrus, Andy Reid, gets to the Super Bowl. Wow. Okay. But uh, Andy Reid gets beat by Aaron Rodgers in the Super Bowl. The Green Bay Packers are my Super Bowl chances.
1: So a rematch of Super Bowl One. 50 years later. Wow. So, Are
2: you going to remember the uh, rematch as well as you remember the original?
1: (laughs) Um, I I will probably remember the rematch a a little bit better, if we're being honest. (laughs) Uh, So there it is, Dave. Week one NFL predictions in the book. Season NFL predictions uh, are on the books and and a week, week, week uh, college football weekend coming up. But hey... It should be a pretty easy one, uh, and just to sit back and enjoy uh the uh the libations on a Saturday afternoon. Uh any more thoughts before we wrap this one up and put a bow on it?
2: Uh I I don't have too many more thoughts other than it's gonna be exciting to have the games back. Um one thing that uh the the huge sports fan in me uh is interested in with it being September is the AL pennant race. I have to throw it out there a little bit. Uh, There's a ton of teams involved, and it's going to be an interesting race, but uh, keeping this football-related, definitely excited to see the NFL back, especially how much I'm going to be chomping at the bit, uh, given how terrible the college games are this weekend. So it's something that's going to be extremely exciting to see, um, and it's going to be well-needed after... uh, Saturday's games, uh, yard work might actually sound better than, than looking at some of these college games. But uh, I'm going to be super excited for when you have to order your Hill jersey because uh, you'll you'll always remember that Dave called it on Big Jim Sports.
1: Hey, that's fine by me if, if we're talking about an Alabama loss. And I don't want you talking crazy saying yard work is going to be better than watching football regardless of how the matchups may look. Uh, Dave, let everybody know where they can follow you on Twitter and then we're going to close this thing out.
2: Certainly, let's, uh, let's close it down for another week, and uh, we'll be back next week with uh, my record and uh, increasing uh, the margin of, uh, that you're trailing me on, of course. Uh, I'm on Twitter at uh, DGerhart, G-E-R-H-A-R-T. G-E-R-H-A-R-T and that's uh, DGerhart024 on Twitter. Uh, and We'll be back at you next week uh, with some wrap-ups from uh, Week 2 in college, which we won't spend a lot of time on, and then uh, with Week 1 in the NFL.
1: All right, sounds good. Thanks for
2: listening, and uh, hopefully we'll uh, keep increasing this show and make it something.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Dave. Have a good week, man. Enjoy the games. You too. I hope you uh, don't cry too much when the uh,
2: Cowboys are in the same boat as Notre Dame,
1: 0-1-1. Ouch. That hurts. Have a good one, buddy. And uh, we're going to close this thing out. Uh, Again, thank you for listening. We appreciate it. Uh for the second week, the debut show did did good. Let's get those numbers up big time as we go into uh as we as we continue to grow this show week in and week out. We'll be live each and every Wednesday night here on NGSE 9.30 p.m. Eastern time. Uh you can podcast our show directly by searching Huddle Up with Jim and Dave on iTunes and Android if you're having trouble with it. Hit us up on Facebook.com slash huddle up Podcast. Or me on Twitter at Big Jim Sports or at D. 24 You can check out all the shows on the NGSC Sports Radio Network by going to NGSC Sports.com or We Never Stop or visit Spreaker iHeartRadio or in the TuneIn Radio app and search NGSC. Check out the homepage as well for all the written articles, all the bonus coverage, and much, much more. Guys, thank you. Have a great week. Enjoy the games, be it on, uh, be it on uh, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Tomorrow night, Friday night, whatever it is. Until then, until next time, go for the win.
0: Are you the next Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, or Deion Sanders? Do you have what it takes to become the next great talent? Whether you play baseball, basketball, football, or any other sport, you all at least have one thing in common, the need to be recognized. It doesn't matter if you're trying to get recruited to your dream school or striving to make it to the next level. I'mNextUSA.com is the platform for you. You have the power to create the life you want. How? Visit the web store on www.iempower.com to find out more. That's I-Empower. EM-Power.com.